Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on June 6, 2022, from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features an update on early voting, some big endorsements in the state superintendent of education Republican primary race, and of course, a look ahead to the only Democratic gubernatorial debate happening this Friday. And we're merging our business section into our health, wealth, and safety section. Donkey sauce. Where we'll also get an in-depth look at what forecasters are calling an above-normal hurricane season. And an overview of the region's economy. And a new gas price record. (laughs) But of course, we want to hear your stories as well. That's why we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your life during these interesting times that we live in. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Like we said, it's June. Things are warming up. People are hitting the vacations right now, going out and doing fun stuff, going to the state parks. Let us know what you're up to. We love hearing from you guys. Early voting's underway. Have you voted yet? You don't have to tell us who you voted for, but have you voted yet? We want to know about your experiences. Let us know. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Horry County is experiencing high community transmission, and several other counties are experiencing moderate transmission rates, including Georgetown, Charleston, Dorchester, Sumter, Lexington, Richland, Kershaw, Lee, Fairfield, Lancaster, and York. Again, those counties are seeing moderate COVID-19 transmission. So wear a mask if you have symptoms, a positive test, or any exposure to someone with COVID-19. Put that mask on, folks. Test, test, test. And you can get more tests delivered to you from the federal government. Whoa. You can do that by going to covidtest.gov. That's free to your door. Early in-person voting is underway in South Carolina. Yes, it is. In just the first four days, more than 28,000 voters have already cast ballots at early voting locations in their counties, according to the State Election Commission. Additionally, 8,400 voters have cast mail-in absentee ballots. Now, for some comparison, in the 2018 midterm election primaries, 622,000 people voted, or about 20% of registered voters. That's far below the 50% that voted in the general election that year. Now, if you vote absentee, you need to stipulate a specific excuse to obtain a mail-in ballot versus in-person early voting, which, no excuse, you just walk in. You can find those locations at scvotes.org. And remember, this is the first election these changes have taken effect after the unanimous, bicameral support for the election reform and early voting bill passed this session and signed into law by the governor. Early voting remains open this week, folks, so get there or vote on primary day on June 14th. Again, early voting ends Friday at 5 p.m. Speaking at Friday at 5 p.m., that's right, SCETV, in partnership with the Post and Courier, has invited all five Democratic candidates to debate June 10th at 5 p.m. The hour-long debate will be moderated by yours truly and feature panelists Felicia Eady from South Carolina Public Radio and Nick Reynolds from the Post and Courier. 
This debate will air statewide on ETV channels and on our social media platforms. The Democrats, like I've said before, will also have a weekend of festivities, including their convention in Columbia on Saturday. And by the time you've heard this podcast, the debate for the 4th Congressional District primary will have taken place. That's right, Greenville Republican Representative William Timmons, who is running for his third term, has three contenders, including controversial and outspoken pastor Mark Burns, who has touted his previous interactions with President Trump as an asset. However, only Timmons has Trump's official endorsement in the race. No other incumbent Republicans in the delegation have any challengers other than Nancy Mace and Tom Rice. The state's lone Democrat, Jim Clyburn, in the 6th District has three challengers, but is expected to easily win his 15th term representing the expansive Midlands to Lowcountry District. Now moving from debates to endorsements, we saw a big endorsement in the South Carolina superintendent's race. Outgoing Republican Superintendent Molly Spearman endorsed Republican Kathy Manis to succeed her. Manis is the director of the Palmetto State Teachers Association and a former teacher. She is one of six Republicans running for the Republican nomination, including Ellen Weaver, the top fundraiser in the race, who is also racing to get a master's degree, a requirement for the position. She's getting it from Bob Jones University ahead of Election Day this November. We'll see if she actually gets it, because the state newspaper had a very interesting write-up about that requirement that next two Republican candidates from actually running. Weaver is also the head of the Palmetto Promise Institute, a conservative advocacy group, founded in part with former U.S. Senator Jim DeMint, who also endorsed her, along with Congressman Ralph Norman and Jeff Duncan, as well as former Republican state superintendents Drs. Barbara Nielsen and Mick Zace. Also jumping on the endorsement bandwagon was former Trump Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Dr. Ben Carson and over 27 conservative state lawmakers. And just FYI, there are three Democrats running as well. We're making the medical section the health, wealth, and safety section today. I'm allowed to do that. It's my podcast, which is why I included our hurricane season outlook here. You know what it is. June 1st through November 30th, it's hurricane season, folks, which means have a plan. There are so many great resources and tips and everything you need for hurricane prep at scemd.org. They got your hurricane guide. They got maps all right there. Know your zone should you have to evacuate and know how you would do that and where you'd go. And then once you have a plan, you can enjoy the rest of the summer season confident that you know what to do should a hurricane or tropical weather system threaten the state. But I also spoke with John Quagriello, who is the Warning Coordination Meteorologist at the National Weather Service here in Columbia. You may remember him from the hurricane briefings from 2015 through 2019 when each year the state faced storms. Here's John in this extended cut telling us about the seasonal forecast from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, affectionately known as NOAA. The latest uh, forecast from NOAA is for yet another uh, above normal hurricane season, which would make this a seventh consecutive above normal season if it, it, if it pans out the way it's forecast. Uh, right now, the latest forecast is indicating uh, potential for 14 to 21 named storms. On a normal season, we have about 14 named storms. In terms of hurricanes, the forecast is for six to ten hurricanes. And again, an average season, we see about seven hurricanes. And for major hurricanes, which are category three or, or greater, the forecast for, is for three to six major hurricanes. 
And again, an average season, we have about three major hurricanes. So all of those are, are above normal uh, forecasts for this year. And we're talking about seven consecutive years of above normal activity in the Atlantic. John, we haven't really seen a big storm since Doreen in 2019, but before then, we were getting back-to-back -back years of, of pretty bad storms. Uh, kind of walk us through from for some folks who maybe haven't lived uh, through those. Maybe they just moved here to the state since 2019. Uh, what people should know and maybe a little bit of our past. Sure. Well, you know, the, the hurricane that most South Carolinians kind of think of as big one was Hurricane Hugo. And then we kind of had a dry spell where we really didn't have any significant hurricanes impacting the state. And then starting with Hurricane Matthew in 2016, and then it almost seemed like every year since then, we've had some type of tropical storm or hurricane uh, impacting, impacting parts of South Carolina. We were fortunate last year not to have anything, but mm -hmm. what we saw with these storms are all different. None of them are the same in terms of impact. You know, you look at Hurricane Matthew and we had tremendous wind damage uh, along the coast. Um, trees that were just knocked down, you know, most areas east of I-95, you still see some of the damage from Matthew. Uh, and we had, um, you know, some pretty good storm surge along the coast. And then a storm like Irma, for example, didn't even make landfall in the state. It was actually made landfall down in southwest Florida. And the storm surge from that was even worse than it was with Matthew. And we still saw tropical storm force winds everywhere across the state. And then you have a storm like Florence, where the wind speeds had weakened before it reached the coast, but it was a, 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 a an incredible rain producer. Mm -hmm. And we saw incredible rainfall amounts in the northeast part of the state near the Grand Strand and, and significant flooding up there. So every storm um, really could bring different impacts. That's what we need to be prepared for. Just because you were okay in one storm in the past doesn't mean the next storm is going to bring the same results. Yeah, and John, you were always at the podium there at the Emergency Management Division Operations Center when they're delivering these updates, when we're you know just watching it develop day by day, hour by hour. Uh, so we haven't seen you for a while. That's why we're having you on, so people can remember that you know these things do happen. But how prepared is the state? You know, we had that track record for years. Now it's you know it's 2022. It's been a couple of years, like we said, since we've had a big one. How prepared are we? And and what does this forecast help y'all do in preparation for this season? You know, we've had a lot of experience in the state here in the past five to seven years dealing with hurricanes. And I think because of that, that uh, experience is really going to help us out during the next storm. But really, the key thing here is making sure that everyone in the public, people that live here in the state, people that are visiting the state are prepared to know what to do. And that's really the, the message we need to get out here at the start of hurricane season is to make sure everyone has a plan. You know what you're going to do in case of a hurricane. You know what evacuation zone you live in. And if you do need to leave where you're going, just things like that, we need people really to be aware of. You know, these, these seasonal forecasts are helpful because it gives us some indication of what the season may look like. But in some ways, all it takes is one storm, right? Mm -hmm. it, we could have a very inactive season, but one storm impact the state, and that's enough to really bring impacts and, and potential devastation to the state. So I don't put a whole lot of weight in these seasonal outlooks. I think any season, no matter what the outlook is, we need to be prepared um, for what potentially could come during hurricane season. Yeah, because we're already seeing right now some of those remnants from Hurricane uh, Agatha, which was in the Pacific, went across Mexico, and now it looks like it's going to affect Florida this weekend. Right. There's already the potential for it would be, I believe it would be renamed because it's coming to the Atlantic Basin, but, you know, potentially, you know, a storm developing here in the next several days, like you had mentioned, the Gulf of Mexico and potentially impacting uh, parts of Florida as we head into the weekend. So certainly it's it's an early start, but, you know, the official start is June 1st. And we've even seen previous seasons where we've had tropical activity, you know, as early as mid-May. So um, the season starts early and it's probably going to be a busy one. 
John, tell us about what's influencing this. Uh, you know, we, t- we hear about climate change, we hear about La Nina. Tell me some of the factors, warmer you know, ocean temperatures as a result of possible global warming, of global warming. Uh, what, what are the factors here that, that come into play when it comes to the strength of these hurricanes, the, the frequency, and the intensity? Sure, well, NOAA is still investigating really what uh, the impact of climate change has on tropical cyclone frequency and intensity. Um, but what we do know for this upcoming season, what they they use to make these outlooks for the tropical season, there's several factors. One, it's a continued La Nina. And La Nina really has to do with sea surface temperatures, actually in the Pacific Ocean, which influence the overall weather patterns. But when, when we're in a La Nina, that tends to bring more frequent tropical systems in the Atlantic Basin. So that's one thing. We, we're expecting La Nina to persist right through, uh, right through the summer. Another is warmer than average sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic Ocean and the um, Caribbean Sea. And warmer water temperatures are always more favorable for tropical cyclone development and intensifying storms. Another is a weaker tropical Atlantic trade winds. When we have weaker winds higher up in the atmosphere, um, tropical systems tend to become better organized. When you have stronger winds higher up in the atmosphere, they tend to kind of break apart the storm and don't really let them form and develop into stronger storms. So when we have those weaker winds, we tend to see quicker intensification and stronger storms uh, out in the Atlantic. Uh, And another factor is also an enhanced West African monsoon. And really what that does is as we head later into the hurricane season, as you start getting uh, into August and September, we tend to get these uh, waves coming off of the African coast. And uh, given that we're going to have a, a stronger monsoon, it's going to allow those those waves um, really to be stronger, uh, potentially coming off the coast. And those lead to those those storms that we watch coming out of the Atlantic, you know, weeks ahead of time sometimes, which really become the strong, long-lived uh, hurricanes that we see later in the season. And because of that, we're expecting to see some increased activity out there uh, later on this summer as well. So there's multiple factors really that go into this outlook this year. And John, when we look at those intense hurricanes, those major hurricanes that come across, and even some smaller ones too, what are some of the biggest threats people should be aware of should one come to threaten South Carolina? Yeah, there's there's multiple threats. Usually the, the biggest threat that we're concerned with in terms of loss of life has to do with storm surge uh, along the coast. Storm surge tends to be one of the biggest uh, factors uh, for a lot of these hurricanes. But that's not the only threat. Certainly wind is a big factor, you know, knocking down trees, power lines, and certainly if it's a strong enough hurricane, you can have structural damage near the coast. And then one of the, the kind of hidden threats that we don't always factor in or think about is the inland flooding threat. Um, heavy rainfall producing significant in, inland flooding. We've seen that here in the Carolinas mm-hmm. quite frequently Florence. in the past five yeah. years. Exactly, Florence. And the devastation it caused in eastern North Carolina and parts of northeast South Carolina. So the inland flood threats there, and it doesn't even have to be a strong hurricane. It could be a weaker tropical storm that produces those high rainfall rates. And then certainly tornadoes could be a factor as well with some of these tropical systems. But we tend to get our stronger tornado outbreaks for tropical systems that make landfall in the Gulf of Mexico and then track northeast across the state. Those tend to bring us more in the way of tornadoes. Now remember, have a plan. You can figure one out at scemd.org. Again, everything you need right there, including a super helpful app to survive and thrive this hurricane season. And if you want more of that interview, well, you can watch the full version of it on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV or catch This Week in South Carolina on ETV every Friday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 1.30 p.m. And just so you know, we will be on hiatus July through August. Not the pod. I wish. (laughs) Now for the wealth portion of this section. 
though you may not feel very wealthy since we just set another new gas price record, folks. I know, I know, AAA Carolinas reports that the average gallon of gas has reached $4.46 a gallon. That is up 10 cents since last Friday alone. How about some actual wealth here? Hmm, hmm? Last week, the Federal Reserve released its Beige Book, which is a compilation of reports from the 12 Federal Reserve districts, including the one that we're in, the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. This district encompasses the Carolinas up through Maryland and West Virginia. But a summary of economic activity for the region found that the regional economy grew at a modest rate since mid-April. Manufacturing activity increased at a modest to moderate rate as producers continued to face challenges meeting demand due to supply chain disruptions and labor shortages. Fifth District Ports reported an increase in loaded exports but a slight decline in imports, although import volumes remained historically high. Similarly, truck demand eased slightly but remained strong relative to prior years. Now, retail sales remained strong while new vehicle sales remained low due to low inventory levels. Leisure travel has held strong, with some increases noted for group travel, weddings, and small events. Residential real estate activity slowed modestly, and some potential buyers were getting priced out of the market as interest rates and home prices rose. Employment increased modestly, and wage growth remained moderate overall as many employers continued to cite challenges finding and retaining workers. Price growth remained robust in recent weeks. That's inflation right there, folks. So good overall for the whole region there. That's not just South Carolina, but the entire 5th District, the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay, we've talked wealth. Now it's time to talk health. (laughs) Have you tested positive for COVID recently? If so, we hope you're doing okay. But the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security newsletter had this tidbit that I found interesting and is a good refresher as we see more spread in populous counties in our state. The U.S. CDC recommends that people who test positive for COVID-19 isolate for a minimum of five days and follow that with five days of wearing a mask if they are asymptomatic or symptoms are resolving. However, some people continue to test positive on at-home rapid antigen tests 5, 10, even 13 days after their initial diagnosis, raising concerns that they might remain infectious longer than the recommended isolation period. We've always been talking about this throughout the whole pandemic, folks. You're still testing positive even though you're feeling okay, not showing symptoms. And again, experts are divided as to whether rapid tests should be used as a bellwether of infectiousness, but agree that the tests are a useful tool in helping people recovering from COVID-19 assess whether they should engage in certain activities after day 10, such as attending large indoor gatherings or visiting with elderly or immunocompromised people. So be safe out there, folks. Know your risks, know your limits. There you go. Be safe. Wash your hands. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic, and of course, we want to hear your stories as well. That's why we got a voicemail box set up at 803 563 7169. Tell us what's going on. Kids are out of school, I guess. They're getting there. Summer plans, vacations, um, anything that's happening. Obviously, the primary is coming up. You know, we want to hear if you guys have voted yet, what your experience has been like voting. And, of course, how this economy is affecting you. Are you not going places because gas is almost $5 a gallon? Or are you staying home or hanging out? Staycations are cool again. We lived through the Great Recession, (laughs) AT. I remember staycations. (laughs) 
Oh, I mean, th these gas prices are just the most recent uh, once in a lifetime crisis that we're living through. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, us millennials, this is old hat. I, I mean, this is nothing. We don't know. We don't know normalcy. <laughs> no, Chaos is I remember our as, a, as a wee lad. Right? I Things remember were calm back then. <laughs> One dollar gas. Ooh, <laughs> so nice. Twenty. So bucks. nice. Anyway, now it costs seventy four dollars to fill tank. Uh, so <laughs> that's how it's tank. that's how it's affecting me. It's it's wonderful. Love anyway, that. Gavin, we got a call. We got a yeah. nice call. Okay. 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 All right, that's good, right? Yeah, it's you're we're talking. You're in Charleston. You're still in Charleston. You're still depriving yes. me of your presence here in Columbia. Correct. That's yeah. okay. Uh, when Gavin said at the top of the show that it was recorded in Columbia, he's lying. I'm he's only lying. talking about himself. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. This, that's why I want to clarify right here. Okay. I let people know that you're in Charleston because <laughs> uh, I am quite far away. I am, I am, I am far from Columbia. But I, I can say I have a Columbia state of mind right now. Okay. Well, yeah, and if I, if the FCC finds out that I've told people that we're recording in Columbia, but you are actually not here. I mean, that is a yeah, world yeah, of litigation, yeah. a world we're of fines. <laughs> we're covering ourselves by just getting this out there. We're getting in front of this story. Anyway, Gavin, we do have a call. Like I said, are you, are you willing to listen to it? Or are you in one of your moods? <laughs> not today, actually. No, no, okay. thank you. Okay. I want to do all the well, talking right now. Say goodbye then, Gavin. Okay. <laughs> I'm in one of my Monday moods. Ooh, okay, brutal. fine. We'll play it. <sighs> Thank you, folks. You don't know how great this is for me that you guys were here to see this. It really diffused the situation. Anyway, uh, let's go. Here we go. Hi, Gavin and AT. This is Jan from Charleston. And since you're so desperate for something from the hopper, I figured I'd give you a call. I just want to say, give a shout out to a couple of people from last weekend at Oledo event. Uh, I had forgotten my bike lock because I usually just tool around the neighborhood and come home. But both times when I asked a vendor if I could leave my bike there for just a moment while I shopped, they agreed graciously and wonderfully. One gentleman even said, I'll be your bike lock. So just want to say thanks to all the wonderful people proving that we do still have some Southern hospitality. Have a great one. Bye. Jan from Charleston, thank you for calling and sharing that little, that little Southern hospitality tidbit there. Spending time down there on Memorial Day weekend, Spoleto. I want to uh, jump in on that too. Some Southern hospitality mm -hmm. that I recently experienced when I was oh, uh, yeah. out and about in the Seventh Congressional District last week. You know, you was oh, in the, I know. the PD. I was in like I was in the PD. I was in Florence. <laughs> I was in out and about all those different little towns that I love. This is a tale of responsibility, right? Uh, well, you know, it's just <laughs> something about <laughs> learning about yourself and what to do in these situations. <laughs> okay, sure. So whatever. I'm in Shiraz. And I had just done this event to cover this event that uh, Russell Fry was at, and I have my camera bag. It's like a little um, fanny pack that I just you know throw my like a battery in, some cords, whatever. And I go to my car, pop the trunk, throw the bag in with my camera. The car is locked, but the trunk popped open because the key. And I put everything in there, close the trunk. Usually, when you put your fob in there and it knows that it's in there, it pops back up. I've had this happen before. Mm -hmm. It did not happen this time. So my yes. car is locked. My trunk is now locked with the key <laughs> in there. And I'm like, super duper. At least it was yes. at the end of my day. So I was like, I had nowhere else to go. I wasn't like pressed for time. And I had my phone, thank God, which was charged. And I was like, Oh God! Why now? <laughs> At least, like, also your wallet wasn't yeah. in there. You wallet, know what I mean? Phone. I was blessed. Uh, yes. So I just got on the Geico app. It, they said roadside assistance. It would take three hours to get me a guy. So at first, I went to an ice cream shop because yeah. I needed to cool down in many ways. I had to cool down. Oh, oh 
Oh, I got some ice cream. <laughs> and uh, then I was like, okay, what's my next move? You know, it's a Tuesday, thank God. So places were open. So I went to this one nice be- uh, this bistro there. Just hung out the bar, had a burger, chilled out. A bistro? I was at to a bistro. And I, so was like, you cooled down so much, you had to get hot with yeah. a burger at a bistro. And have a beer. I get it. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I was like, oh, like I have to wait two more hours at this bar. And I had a really wonderful bartender. She was very nice. She gave me a charger because I was getting getting low. You hate bars, too. So I hate I mean, I, real- Absolutely. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than me being stuck at a bar. But uh, I, I will say the ATA did force me because it was Tuesday. I had a very busy week. It forced me to sit there and work on the this weekend South Carolina show. Sometimes I get mm-hmm. pro- I procrastinate and I do all those questions very last minute. And so I sat you there and I, I knocked it out. I'm like, okay, I still got an hour and thirty minutes left here. And I, you know, I'm, so not, gonna, saying, I'm not gonna get you, drunk at a bar when I have to drive, you know, a couple hours. So you're saying that this this past episode of Twisk was like the best one you've ever done? No, I wouldn't say, that, <laughs> but I was just way more prepared. Okay, I'm always prepared. Okay. Um, so I'm still there. It's like an hour long wait more at this time. And the bartender just kind of casually talks to this guy and this girl at the end of the bar and tells him that I've, you know, I've been stuck here for two hours basically and da da da. Yeah. Turns out the guy Everyone was, was laughing at Everyone's you laughing at me. I have my ATV shirt on. They're like, look at that nerd. Nerd. He doesn't know where we even are. And then so the guy's an off duty cop and he's like, oh, we pop locks here all the time. Like they, that's a small town mm-hmm. police officer thing, you know. That's something that you would expect in Columbia. And I talked to my brother who's a cop in D.C. and he's like, "We don't do, we don't do that." So that's my mindset. <laughs> I wouldn't think, I wouldn't have even thought to have like reach out to the police. So he's off duty. He calls a, a buddy, and like within five minutes, they're coming down the street. You know, it's not that busy of a, a place, at least at that time. And they wedged it. You know, they got the wedge in there. They got the door open, but you know, of course. The fob, apparently the battery's low on that, so I was a little freaked out, and so he tries to pull the release, it doesn't open, then they they hit the starter button, which actually let them roll down the windows, get back in the car. It worked out. Okay, I got saved, thankfully. <laughs> Long story short, you, you got You know, these electric car. cars now, you know, you can't just, it just doesn't jimmy open like it used to, you know? <sighs> We're talking about a 2017 Volkswagen Passat here, you know? Well, <laughs> we'll brag, we'll brag, okay. Uh, <laughs> doesn't we'll cost brag. Se- doesn't cost 70 bucks to fill her up, though, but... She's getting, uh, she's getting there. Seventy dollars. She's tank. getting there. Seventy dollar tank. Anyway, long story short, Southern Hospitality alive and well in Sherrill, South Carolina, and apparently okay. down in Charleston. So, yeah, still good. I'm glad that she was walking around Spoleto. I'm glad she had a good experience in Spoleto because, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I am. I, I feel like I'm biased because you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> trapped in there. Have you ever locked your keys in the car, AT? I've never. I have cars I've never locked. Um, oh, namaste. Like my truck that I got rid of, yeah. I never, I never locked that car because it was a 2002 Tacoma. Yeah, and if it was going to get stolen, it probably would have gotten stolen, stolen ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Probably so, had been um, stolen at one point in its life. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was just like, I'm not locking this. Also, there was no fob for it. You had to use a key. See, there you go. So yeah, that that worked into it. And so, like, when that's the case, I'm just not going to lock that car. So yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> Um, but you do that, yeah. In those situations, it's like losing a phone. You start going like, "How do I communicate? How do I get things done without this one critical piece?" You know, it's just, it's good to happen every now and then, but it's also very terrifying. You, you, you were much probably more level head than I was because I would just look for the nearest big rock and smash the back window <laughs> in or something. And be like, "I'm getting home. I'm getting yeah. this guy. <laughs> I need an adult." <laughs> That's why I went and got ice cream. I'm like, I need to think. That was the cool. That was the cool down portion, right? That was that was a little personal wind down for you, right? (laughs) I had my own wind down in my own little crisis at the same time. Very excited. I suggest you do it. 
No, but I was also lucky that I was in like a, I was in a town, you know, they, their support there wasn't in the middle of nowhere. Like, oh, yeah. that's when The Rock would have, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, 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 even if I was in a, a moderate sized city, I probably would have smashed that baby in. You know, like I'm getting in that car and I'm going home. <laughs> I'm ready to smash windows to go home in from Charleston right now. And, and, and Charleston is supposed to be the number one destination according to Travel and Leisure magazine, blah, 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 blah. And this you man's I mean? like, give me a rock. <laughs> yes. Where's a I rock? Will, I will smash every window in between here and my home in Columbia just so I can mm. go home and, 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 and kiss my little kitty cats on the head. <laughs> I love them so much. Oh, meow, 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 love, meow. This, love this energy. It's getting a little manic now, but I love it. Anyway, one Gavin, more week, that's One more week. One more. I know. Next Monday, a week from now, you will hear me in Colombia. So wow. there we go. Very fun. The very FCC fun. I'm very excited. Uh, yes, we've we already dispatched that. It's it's pneumatic tube, so it takes a little while to get there. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye. I hope everyone has a good week. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening to the pod. We love that. Show your appreciation by leaving us a voice message like Jan did at 803-563-7169 or a review on iTunes or send us a direct message on Twitter, and we'll, we'll give you a shout-out. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. It helped you get through some stuff. No, no, no. No. Oh. Mm. Oh. Oh. What? Wait, wait, myself. Wait, wait, wait. I'm the goth dad. <laughs> Am I the goth dad? Uh, oh, wait a second. Am I the goth dad? <laughs>